And we're back, Liz, with another fun episode. And we're doing it on a Friday. It is a Friday. Very excited about that. We may get it out on a Friday, which is great because that's even more consistent. Yeah, it will be late Friday, yeah. currently 7.50, but it's Friday. But it's still getting out there. Yeah, it's exciting. Hey, we got a great episode for the boys and girls listening at home, in the car, or at the gym. I don't know why I always put the gym in there, because I just assume that, you know, you're listening while you're just trying to get a PR on your... I mean, in your defense, someone literally just told us they listened to us while they were working out at the gym. And it felt like That's we were why. all hanging out. So I think that counts as me going to the gym. Isn't it cool that people knew about the podcast, you know, that they could listen to it at the gym? Liz, thank you for opening up the world to Stop. our story and everything we're talking about. Hey, it's going to be really exciting, everybody. We're talking today about Senora Clyde's favorite thing of all time. It's not. Well, okay. Jesus is my favorite thing of all time. Don't make me look weird. Well, he is a person. So it's not your okay, thing. Okay. You know what I mean. I'm just saying, don't like try and be like, I put this above anything else because I don't. Exactly. We're talking about finances and money and all of that kind of things that make budgets. me. Yes. Budgets will probably make an appearance. All the things that really don't bring me joy in life. But we're talking everyday money saving tips and best practices today. So... Welcome to the episode. It's going to be uh, diving into some money-saving tips and best practices that hopefully you can put into your daily life that are going to help you out. We'll share a couple of stories and tips and tricks from our own toolbox. Ooh, our own toolbox that we can uh, we can share with you that hopefully will add some uh, some value to your life. So we're going to break this down into a few segments. Again, Liz, we're going to try to get through this all in a little bit of time, but I'm going to give us a budget, time-wise, of 35 minutes today. Okay, starting now? Starting now. Okay. So we've got, first, we're going to talk about really why it's important to manage our money, right? Then we're going to break down some statistics on savings, because savings are neglected by a, a lot of people. Then we're going to break down some everyday tips uh, that have worked for us and uh, that have worked for other people. And then finally, we're going to close out with some essential practices, which will save you time save you money, save you stress and anxiety, sleepless nights, panic, doom, misery. I mean, it's not that <laughs> scary. I don't understand why people get so stressed out about finances. It's true. All right, so let's jump into money management and why money management is important. Let's talk about why it's important to be responsible with our financial resources. I want you to think back, Liz, to our early 20s. All right, so we're 30, I'm 30, you're 31 now. Is that still okay? Yeah, that's fine. It's good because I said it. Think back to early 20s. What do you feel like has been the most significant change in our collective approach to saving money, you and me? Okay, so the biggest change is we make a lot more money than we did 10 years ago. So much more money. We both... Had well, you kept on getting promoted at the church, and you, I think we talked about because you started off as as a very part time worship leader, yeah, and now you are on the central team as a creative pastor, and you help resource all ten campuses, right? So your pay, I'm not going to say numbers because you hate that. Thank you um, so much. But pretty much, we we talked about how your pay over tripled throughout yeah. your ten years at Faith, maybe even quadrupled. Yeah. Now, you didn't get paid very much at the beginning, but still a quadruple pay 
is impressive. It's a pretty good jump. Yes. O- over 10 years. Yeah. And with me, I went from like part-time to full-time to making nothing to traveling um, for the job. And I took like, you know, the lower pay for the free masters. Yep. And now I'm at, even though it's teaching, because I have my masters, I'm at the highest paying job that I've had. Which is really cool. As well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, break down a couple of those things. So two things really stuck out stuck out to me from what you said. You said that one, you're you're seeming to say that as you the longer you live, <laughs> that was a really weird way to say that, but the more you work, the more promotions will probably come, the more cost of living raises that you'll probably get. Yeah, ideally. Yep. And so that is in and of itself definitely going to help you. The other one that you mentioned, and we'll talk about side hustles in a little bit because I know that you're passionate about side hustles. Love them. Um, But the other thing you mentioned was kind of a fringe benefit from something that opened up from an opportunity that you had. So a lot of times those fringe benefits, or I don't even know what that phrase means, but pretty much those unspoken things, what were you going to say? It's going to be, it's jobs with benefits. It's almost like friends with benefits. <laughs> it's but. a job with benefit on the fringes of, of <laughs> response, whatever. So sometime, most of the time, I think that there are benefits that aren't in the handbook, the employee handbook of your job, right? And so one of those was you mentioned that you took a pay cut when you were at CSU, essentially, mm-hmm. to get a free master's, basically. So yes. really quick, give us like a 60-second breakdown of how that worked in your specific case. Yeah, so even though I already had my bachelor's degree, with the pay of an entry-level employee for having a degree was laughable. Yeah. But there was opportunity for overtime. There was opportunity to travel, so I got per diem, so that was fun. And once again, free masters, and you got your masters for half off. Yeah. If we were Baptists, you would have gotten a free masters, but we're not Baptists. No, it's true. Still salty. We didn't find that out until after we enrolled you in classes. Yeah, it was a really cool tuition waiver that I was able to sign um, because thankful. of your position, because mm-hmm. I was a spouse, which is really cool. I mean, um, two masters for half off can't be that. Come on. Yeah, like we'll definitely take a little bit of, of that pay cut for that. Um, so that's probably the most significant change you've seen from our early twenties, you think? Yeah. I mean, I don't really see anyone. So there is some times where you might want to take a pay cut for benefits like, so I know some people who may work in the industry, like the engineer teaching teachers or the health science teachers who left the industry making like 90 K a hundred K a year. And now they're making like maybe 45, 50K teaching, right. but they wanted the summers off. They wanted the, the time off to be with their family and kids. So it, I mean, yep. ideally you will yep. never have to go backwards in your salary, but you really have to see what fits for you and your family because some people pay almost a salary to daycare. Yeah, exactly. Which brings up kind of an interesting point. So those, those benefits add a value to your life that's not financial. So... Let's talk about that balance between saving money. We're talking about the importance of money management here, um, which is a super uncomfortable conversation for Ooh, a lot I of love people. It. I'll even talk numbers of my pay salary. I won't <laughs> do it for Taylor out of respect for him, but I, I'm minority report. I love talking openly about numbers because if I, granted, I'm a teacher at the moment, so you can see my salary online. But if, like, there's a corporation when I worked in, like, more of um, another sector. I would tell people what I made because bosses are shady. 
And I'm like, I'll expose you. Like one department at CSU, they were straight up told, well, you're the highest people in admission. And they told me their salary. I was like, well, they lied to you because this is my salary. And so that's just like, you know, you expose shadiness. You're such a freedom fighter rebel when it comes to this stuff. Like, I feel like you're silently holding up your picket sign anytime this comes up and you're like, fair wages and, and open to whatever. Well, it's not even, like, yeah, yes, it should be fair. But if so, like, so if so-and-so makes higher than you, you should be able to question why. Does so-and-so have a higher degree? Do they... Um, come to work on time are you always late so have they've gotten performance raises that you did not get and so this is your chance to grow and figure out why um, people are getting paid more than you or is it favoritism is it nepotism which like i want to expose it yeah which definitely could be um so where i don't know i don't love being so open with that kind of stuff it's probably because like in most other areas of my life i'm pretty conservative so I'm not ever trying to overshare or be haughty with with showing off all that kind of stuff. But kind of bringing it back to the conversation, I want to talk about, in my opinion, there's there's a balance you have to have, right, between saving money and investing in yourself. Yes. So money management is pretty important. And, and I'll say this. I, I also think, and, and we've mentioned it on previous episodes, but I really place a high, vi- high priority – a valority, if you will, a value priority yes. in growing yourself, which is why I'm paying for a Google certification right now in project management. My bosses didn't ask me to do that. My job does not necessitate that I do that, but I saw an ad for it and I was like, oh man, this is amazing. This is right up my alley. Like, I love the idea of this. I'm doing this in my job and I want to get better because I can use that skill set to make everyone else on the team better. So I'm going to do it. Right. So I, I think that. In as much as you want to invest in yourself and you want to have maybe the nice car and maybe the nice place to live or maybe the nice food to eat and maybe the nice toys, the the PS5s and all the little gadgets and all the stuff and the new phones, I think that there's got to be a balance between investing in yourself and saving. Yeah, so money management is not don't spend money, throw it all in savings, and don't enjoy your life. Ooh, good stuff. Money management is literally telling your money where to go. That's really good. And yeah. so, and before you can tell your money where to go, you first need to know where your money went. And that's the biggest downfall mm. in money management because people, they do not want to take the time every single week to see what they spent the week before. Because we've right. sat down in many a budget meetings and you've walked away in anger when I've added up all your going out to eat and you're like, what the frick? Because you're like, why can't I spend this money? I can tell you exactly why you can't spend this money. It's because you spent X, Y, and Z at freaking Panda Express. (laughs) Don't call out Panda Express like that. But it's that's one of your favorite ones is Panda, Zaxby's. But it's the same with me and Chick-fil-A. I love my Chick-fil-A. You almost want, you want it tonight. You asked for it tonight. I asked for it yesterday, too. And <laughs> well, I almost went yesterday, it. but they well, didn't I have bacon. I found out the grill was down. I asked a Chick-fil-A oh, employee no. because I was very upset. Y'all, every time we went to place the mobile order, and I mean, Liz went to place it five different times, it would say, we're sorry, but... We cannot complete your order because of something is out. Well, something was out of stock, and I was trying oh. to like, I was trying to like get bacon on my grilled, and so I was like, well, maybe it's no bacon. So I like, you know, Dang. didn't do bacon. Or sometimes it was a lettuce short. They didn't say what was out of stock. Yeah. So then I tried to do it with no lettuce, and oh, yeah. it was actually the chicken because I didn't think Chick Fil A would actually <sighs> not have the chicken. 
No, yeah, that's weird. Granted, they had the fried, but whatever. Like we wanted the grilled. So you're you're leaning into something. You're t- you're about to talk more budgeting. You're yes. talking about w- knowing where your money went, so you yes. can tell it where to go in the future. So take us into segment two, Liz, on some everyday money saving tips, and let's dive into um, let's let's go into budgeting. What were you going to tell us about budgeting? Yeah. So, and I literally just gave someone this similar statistic um, beforehand, but it makes me so sad. Um, that, what is it, like, in 2019, the average American household spends about, and that's not the, um, what, what, what was it? It was, it was the one with the check. The one that people cannot, like, write a $400 check because they don't have $400 to spend um, on an emergency. Yep, that's that first one over in segment three. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm skipping way ahead. No, you're good. I switched this around midway because you were starting to talk about the budget. So you're talking about as of 2021 over in segment three, right? Yes, it was segment two. That's why I got confused. Yeah. It was that. But uh, so like there's going to be unexpected expenses. Yep. There's going to be that nail in the tire. There's going to be um, the AC pan overfilled and you don't realize <laughs> it and you have to pay $200 for someone to be like, no. oh, you just have to dump it. This, <laughs> it's going to it's going Yeah, it's happened <laughs> before. There's going to be a bad battery. There's going to be yeah. um, where you have to do an unexpected trip yeah. um, where your gas um, doubles. That's going to be inflation where grocery literally triples in price. Like it's going to happen. Right. So, so you got to have a well-planned budget. You have to have a well-planned budget. Yeah. And ideally you do an every dollar, you tell every dollar where to go. And that's what we use. So I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. Oh yeah. And so he has this app every dollar. It's free. You can buy the, um, like the monthly version of it where they actually, import all of your transactions and you literally just drag and drop where it goes in which categories or you can put it in by hand which we did for years before i was like screw this i'm paying ten dollars a month and having them import it but it helps us and if we go over it's okay because we have we we have a cushion Mm -hmm. but it helps us slow down like oh it's the fifth right now and we're already halfway through our eating out budget probably shouldn't get chick-fil-a today fair enough or like gas is more expensive so maybe we should try and not just drive around aimlessly or go across town to the nice movie theater we should go to the closer movie theater so it's just it it makes you more mindful and so what people don't realize a budget and planning your money it actually gives you more freedom versus like limitations because Mm -hmm. now if you want the ps5 you see how much money you have left over in your budget. If it's like 50 bucks, 100 bucks, you now can literally put a category of PS5 right. and you save up that money to get the PS5. Yep. And you know when you're going to be able to get it, which is important to me. Yes, I don't want to know that I can get it in the future. Date. Exactly. I want to know that date. But I understand the reality of people may not, their bills may be higher than their income. And so they're in the negative every single month. And that's where the side hustles need to come in. Well, Either that or if I, I think in that case, coming from a very privileged perspective of where I am right now, I think that you need to really evaluate your expenses at that point. And you need to look at what is non-negotiable. Like if you're talking like uh, medical things or if you're talking things that are like you cannot negotiate your way out of. I'm talking about your Netflix subscriptions. I'm talking about, and everybody hates to come, they come to for Dave whenever he says the $5 coffee situations. Yeah, but I'm saying if you want to keep those, you increase your income. So you either get a new tro- job or you get a side hustle. This is a cool perspective, or you, yeah. Or you exit. Yeah. No, so you that's exit, what yeah. a budget does. If yeah. you, and then um, a big thing of Dave is, I will be the first to admit, 
Dave Ramsey, if you are trying to build wealth, Dave Ramsey's method may not be for you. If you yeah. have no debt, you've already been saving for retirements, Dave is to help the average family learn how to manage their money and mm-hmm. to get out of debt. Fast. And that is yeah. his um, that is his method. The gazelle intensity, the snowball um, yeah. I guess effect. I don't think that's a method. Yeah. That's what he does. Where you pay off your debt as quickly as possible and you build that emergency fund as quickly right. as possible because Murphy will happen. And just we mentioned it the in another podcast, we had to replace an AC unit. We had car repairs. We saved for Japan and we got to go on an all expense trip to Japan that was budgeted and so we didn't have right. to stress or yep. Like I didn't have to be like, well, we have to choose between this or this. We got to do both because exactly. I planned for it. Yeah. So stick having a well-planned budget is probably the first money-saving tip that we would give. The second one, and it's not popular. I'll be honest. We don't do this well. We're starting to. Um, but it's the whole, man, what if you cooked a little bit more at home I rather than dining out? I have a culinary degree and I hate cooking at home. I hate cleaning. It's It's just the worst. So... Bureau of, of Labor Statistics in 2019 did a little survey thing, and they said that the average American household spends around 10% of their income on food, which is kind of crazy. 10% of what your boss gives you are spending on food, and nearly half of that is on eating out. So I'm not going to argue that you could save a ton of money by going to the grocery store and getting all these veggies and fruits and proteins and then, and then making them at home, but I will say that for us, at least, when we do meal prep, we are able to plan those things and we don't eat out as much at lunch, which now, excuse me, now when I eat out in Somerville at lunch, it's like $12, so $13 for lunch. Sometimes for me. 20 Yeah. Well, rarely for that because I try to do a little bit better, but I mean, that's at home accurate. definitely helps. Looking at our every dollar budget because I enjoy, they do the categories and you can kind of see how the percent break up for your spending to income ratio. Are you fact checking me? So No, I'm just saying with, <laughs> uh, I'm saying we align with that, with that statistic. So okay. we have a personal spending um, budget, which is your spending, my spending, which usually goes for us out to eat. And then we have like a couple of like lifestyle expenses, like, you know, Netflix, Spotify, date nights and whatnot. Essentials. And it's, yeah, it's nine, <laughs> it's nine percent of our income. That's wild. So like that, I'm, I'm, yeah. you know, saying that statistic is very, very accurate because of course, what, what do we do on date nights? We go out to eat. True. Literally. Most of our personal spending is food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so true. So yeah, cooking at home versus dining out, I think is one, is one major other you know, money saving tip that you yes. can do. And like cooking enough where you have leftovers, but also the key is eating those leftovers. I have thrown away so many leftovers and I get yeah. so angry because then I wasted effort and I wasted money and I right. wasted time. And food. And food. Oh, I didn't even care about that. Like that that's that's <laughs> a thing. That's that's real. Um. I mean that's I mean, I think <laughs> cutting your going out to eat you're, I think it's so funny that the older generation is like, if you don't eat that avocado toast, why couldn't I say avocado? Avocado toast. Avocado toast, um, which I've never buy because it's $13 for some smushed avocado on toast. Absolutely Wait, not. Wait, so the older generation is saying what about avocado you never, toast? Like, that's like the joke. So I'm a part of like many like finance groups. Oh, no, that's why Facebook. I don't know the joke because I'm definitely and not in that so scene. And so people are always like, you know... It's the joke because people like just cut out your Starbucks and avocado toast. Oh, Am I, I'm not saying avocado, right? Am I avocado? Avo- avocado. I would knew. Avocado. Advo- I don't. I've been. I'm very tired. <laughs> it was my. It was the teacher work week this week, <laughs> y'all. My classroom is still a hot mess. She but said it's you fine. get what you get. 
Yeah, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Uh, so cooking at home and skip the avocado avocado toast. Um, the other thing I'd say for everyday money saving tips, and this is the hardest part for me because it directly goes against my favorite things, which are target runs, is shopping with intention. So yes. writing what you need down and sticking to that stinking list. Grocery pickup and target pickup has been life changing because you don't go in the store, so you, you don't, don't do the impulse, right. the impulse buy. Um, you're not getting the extra snacks that you think you need. You're not going to the dollar. Remember when the dollar section at Target used to actually be the dollar section? Yep. Now it's the three to five to sometimes ten dollar section. Yep. So true. Um, and also, if you go to Walmart, you don't get frustrated with all the craziness of Walmart. So it also saves your mental health a little bit true. too. Doing grocery pickup. But that's, I mean, being more mindful with what you spend. Also, you can still have fun. You can, for date nights, you can go walk the beach. Yeah. You can go have a little picnic in the park. You can, um, what else have we done that's like pretty inexpensive? There's like times at bowling that they have bowling deals if you want to do activities. We talk about that, but I hate bowling. I don't like bowling It's either. okay, but I, it's, it's not my first pick. But there's so many free things you can do. We, mm-hmm. I mean, for us, we have Charleston literally... 30 minutes away. We're going kayaking tomorrow morning. Yep. Granted, we had to buy the kayaks, but now it's free. Yeah, it's true. And we, we can... saved for those kayaks. Yeah, so I started, we went to, um, oh, <laughs> this is so stupid, but um, I did a 5K the other Saturday, and in my little swag bag that they gave you, some random realtor or whatever put a little notepad and a little cheap pin in the thing, and so I moved that to the downstairs area by the by the fridge. So I started writing down the things that we ran out of. And it's literally so simple. I didn't buy the notebook. I had it laying around. And, and just doing that, we were able to go in, do the target run. Um, you did the, the pickup thing, which is really helpful. Right. Also budgeting for unexpected, but like knowing expenses. Like usually if you have a lot of friends, there's going to be a baby shower. There's going to be a Ooh, birthday. There's going to be... yeah. So we, um, there's going to be something. So we actually have a small giving fund. Tell them about it, for, Liz. So good. Yeah, for those gifts, pretty much, because we just know a lot of people. Not trying to be braggadocious, we're so popular. When you're a pastor, people, you know, Dude, come and to one you. time, <laughs> like I showed up, and I used to show up. This was before we had money to like spend, and I would show up without like gifts and whatnot. And some, uh, we had to leave early. Like, oh, which one's your gift? That did happen once. And it it was, was so embarrassing. And so they I was were like, like, we want to open it now before you leave. And we're like, don't worry about it. Thank goodness a hurricane <laughs> just happened. I was like, oh, the hurricane made packages delay. I did not lie. Hurricane 100% made packages delay. And so I'm like, I'll get it to you. And in the car, did you order it? I sure did. As soon as we sat down, I was like, order, done. It's on the way. Yay. <laughs> Two days because it was after the hurricane. But she didn't know. No, that's um, good. But hey. yeah, just saving for, and it, if you. If you don't have even a lot of a lot of people, you don't have margin, which is fine. You can literally bake cookies. I used to hand make yes. stuff and like use the fifty percent off coupons at Joanne's and craft Michaels, stores, and I would yeah, make yeah. little crafts for someone's baby shower. Like I would literally buy the little L or whatever yep. um, thing that you know the baby name start with, and I would ask the theme of the nursery, and I would paint it for the theme. Yeah. So there's there's different ways. You just have to think outside the box, and once again, side hustles. Definitely, yeah. Side hustles were crucial. Don't neglect that. I love that you, you brought up the giving funds because even if you don't have a line item, I think you should have a line item in your budget for a giving fund because from the pastoral perspective, from the believer in Jesus perspective, I won't even say from the pastoral perspective. And this perspective, is separate than our tithing. 
Correct. So yeah, we have no, tithing. Your tithe is, don't touch the, do the tithe. Yeah. So our, we have, but even then with, sorry to interrupt you, but no. as we have budgeted money, naturally as we have had pay increases, like consistent pay increases where it comes from jobs or whether we have someone rent or room yeah. or whatnot, we are able to now increase the budget. So we do save a little bit more, but then we have slowly added missionaries in the line item budget. Right. We have a church plant um, that we give to monthly in a line item budget. We um, do kingdom builder pledges. That's in the, So it allows you to be more generous because you know where your money's going. And part of the reason that I feel like we have just been so blessed the past 10 years is like, you literally cannot outgive God. Yeah, that's like, true. When I increase... Like our our spending, something else comes our way, right? And it hasn't always necessarily happened in financial blessings like that. But God's always gonna like take care of you and provide for you. Definitely, I, I'm a massive believer in sowing and reaping, and the principle of sowing and reaping in every area of life. And so, in as much as we have that first fruits, that tithe that we give to the Lord non negotiably every single month for us as well, we've got that. Now we haven't done great lately sticking to that giving fund. Um, But I do think that part of that sowing and reaping thing and part of being a believer in Jesus means that there should be an an operation at some level of generosity in your life, whether that's toward other people or to your family or whatever. So, And it could be time. It could be gifts. It could be, um, it doesn't have to be monetary value. It could literally be sitting with someone um, while because they're lonely or because they're having a hard time and just being available. Yeah. Like, so your generosity doesn't have to be. No, monetary. it doesn't have to be financial. But even if it's to me, even if it's $5 in your generosity fund a month, that's $5 that you're able to send to somebody and go, hey, I was just thinking about you. Here's a Starbucks $5 Starbucks gift card. Yeah. yeah. And it will get them 85% of their Starbucks coffee, if we're right. honest. But still, it's them. It's you exercising generosity. So that's a really good thing. The other thing, uh, just a couple more um, everyday money-saving tips before we jump over into some conversation on savings, is my least favorite, which is maybe the Equate brand is as good as the Mm on-brand. Maybe the Market Pantry. I'm brand queen. I loathe it. If it's $2 cheaper, yes, it's just, it's, you must have said yes, queen. Yes, but I didn't want to say queen, queen, okay? <laughs> it's it's hard for me, but I'll be honest, y'all. The more I look at the back of the items that I'm looking for, medicine is a big deal for me. I, it's I think the same thing. It really is. The more I look at it, the active ingredients and, and everything, check that though. Like, check now, all there that are a stuff. few things. Like, you can't do off brand Pop Tarts. You should they not do They do taste different. There's a few things just oh. non negotiable. Yeah, but for things like medicine and other things, often it, it is the same exact product, and that can that can save you a couple of dollars, um, which can add up in, in the big deal. So the other thing I'd say, the last thing on this section is probably just looking at your subscriptions. Um, I was talking with somebody the other day, and I think it's concerning to me how many subscriptions that they have that they do not know that they're paying for. So, but once again, managing your money will help you know what subscription yeah, you're paying exactly. for. Like we legit knew someone who was paying for two Netflix accounts and they didn't realize. I don't understand. It's like. But it's because I'm married to you. Yes. That's but why. Taylor, before you married me, you used to overdraft your checking account. Yeah. Like who doesn't know how much money they have in the checking account? 19, 18 year old me. 15, I don't know, 16 year old me. You whatever. were 20. Yeah. I was, I'm just a baby. You're just a baby. 
Um, but looking, this is your like yearly reminder to like go into your phone under iCloud and under subscriptions and see what it is that you are paying for annually. Cause those will really hit you with some big charges, um, once a year or even monthly and see if there are those things that are sneaking up on you that you're like, Oh, I don't really need that. And you'd be surprised. You can save 20 bucks a month, uh, 35 bucks a month on, on some of that stuff that you just didn't realize that you're paying for. So those are some of the major money saving tips kind of that are they're generic yeah but i think we sprinkled some some pretty good stuff in there so let's jump over liz and let's talk about um something that i think we really should talk about which is savings account let's let's look at why savings as a concept is, is really really important did you find that statistic by the way um no can you read it um, my brain doesn't work it's all good so uh, as of 2021 Nearly 40%, this is what you were referencing earlier, nearly 40% of Americans would struggle to come up with $400 for an unexpected expense. The Federal Reserve did that study. So that's pretty wild. 40%. And and that's not saying charge it on the credit card either. And so I feel, so my thoughts, we use credit cards and I love it and I try and pay it off every yes. month or it never gets so so high where it's Correct. ridiculous it has never been higher than what we have in savings oh, yeah. where, to, where I could pay it off um, instantly but when you purchase something on a credit card and you are unable to pay it off immediately you're working backwards you're trying to catch up on what you already purchased versus telling your money very where difficult to go. yeah and, and that's hard, especially because some credit card interest is like 27% and so you get Jeez. behind on the monthly pay it's literally just it's awful yeah. Credit cards are Gosh. awful, and they give them to like 16-year-olds, I feel like, maybe 18. I don't know. But saving is important because, like I said earlier, there is going to be an unexpected expense. And you don't want to put $500 on a credit card, right. pay the minimum payment, and that $500 turns $1,500, and you're already struggling to pay it off. Yeah. And so, like, we – and it it took us a while. Like, we have – one of the things I'm most proud that we save for is vacation fund. And we get to save a nice little chunk. Can I say the number that we save every month for vacation? Because it, I'm going to say what we started with and what we end up now. Okay. okay. So we are able to put aside $500 a month, and that's minimum because sometimes when I do my cakes and whatnot, I like I throw more money into the vacation um, savings because I really love to travel. And so minimum 500 bucks a month, but we started with 50 but we did it with 50. Yep, because we would do like camping trips or we would do like cheap little like one night um, getaways to Myrtle Beach where we could just like go into like a cheap, remember that cheap motel? It smelled I, like It fish. smelled so bad and we walked in and there was a cop handling a dispute. It was a suburban extend stay. Because that's all we could afford. <laughs> but we wanted to do just one night in Myrtle Beach because yep. we we put vacationing together like on a high priority in our marriage. And yeah. so we, we, that's what we started with. Yeah. So can you break down um, how many and kind of our, our philosophy and our practice rather for automatic savings? So back in the day, just to set up the moment, I read this book called I Will Teach You to Be Rich by Ramit. Mm, I can't remember his last name, but it's called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. Highly, highly, highly recommend that you get that book and you read it, guys. It's really, really good. It, it really marked me in a, in a great way. And, and he does the audiobook, and so his yeah. audiobook is really fun, too. Because yeah. you listen to it mainly, and I listened like, when we were in the car together, and mm-hmm. I agreed with everything he said. And what his 
because I understand finances, and so I still monitor it very quickly. Yeah. I mean, very closely. But he talked about the automatic savings, and so how you always pay yourself first, and it does it regardless. Yep. And so I was already doing that, but I manually did everything because I enjoy control. Mm-hmm. But now that we have all the automatic savings set up, it's so it's like nice. It's like so. Ooh. Break down our practice for automatic savings and what it looks like for us every month. Yeah. So with savings, we break up into three different savings account, and I won't say the numbers on behalf of Taylor's. Um, but we know vacation is five hundred. Yes. So um, we have um, we have our sinking fund um, savings, which is short term savings. Yes, the short term savings okay. because we know oil change needs to happen. We know the brakes are going to need replaced. A new we, tire patch tomorrow. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to have to get a tire patch. I'm so sick of this car. Um, but, uh, so it's the stuff we plan for. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. Um, property taxes, stuff like that. Like we know it's going to happen. So we put money in our sinkings fund. And we also put money in our emergency savings. So Dave says you should have three to six months of expense, um, expensives mm-hmm. saved up. I like more. And so we um, we just still put like a an amount into the I call it the big savings every single month because what if we want to buy our dream house and I'm thinking like future Taylor and Liz or if we want to buy land yeah. or what if I want to start a bakery one day and so we have our I call it big savings sinking fund for the the expenses that we know is going to happen and then our vacation fund yeah. is our three main savings and it's non-negotiable because we pay ourselves and it happens automatically they have withdrawals that happen from our yep. checking account to and these so accounts we have it i have it set up so being a teacher i get paid the 15th and the 30th regardless so pretty much since i know that it's coming consistently every single month i have that's when all the savings comes out yeah okay um, to because I know money is going to be there, but you can make it automatic, like and do it every other week, um, knowing to align with your pay. But we pay ourselves first. Yeah, and I love that you said the thing about the future Liz and future Taylor thing because I think a lot of our issues as a whole is that we don't plan for the future. So in 2019, this is pre-COVID, the average American household had about $8,863 in savings. $8,800 in savings was the average whatever. Impressive. Impressive and and really scary because we just had to do a full AC replacement in our house, our newer house, and it was over that amount. So there are some people who literally in their savings account could not pay for that. They would have to do a credit thing, which introduces interest Mm -hmm. and it just it's such a dangerous thing. So it's it's almost like planning for Murphy. the future. Yeah. Murphy's Law, exactly. So really quick, with the rise of I'm I'm a little bit of a minimalist. Um, but with the rise of I would say not greed, but like consumerism, people wanting stuff. Um, especially in, in people that are our age, thirty years old or thirty something, how do you resist the urge to buy all the stuff that you see kind of looking at both like our main jobs and our side hustles that that give us some flexibility. How do you resist that urge to just buy the stuff and give into the, the temptation of that? So I feel like people tend to naturally go towards a saver or a spender. Yeah. And I naturally go towards saving. Okay. So I feel like that makes it a lot easier, especially because I cannot literally fit any more clothes in my closet. And I know a lot of people are with me. But unlike 
me, you guys are still out buying more clothes and not getting rid of any clothes. So I made a point. I'm not allowed to buy any more clothes until I get rid of like every one out, every one piece of clothing article I buy, I have to get rid of four. Yeah. And honestly, I don't want to get rid of anything. So I kind of gave myself a halt of spending more money on clothes because I don't want to get rid of anything. So right. you have to give yourself boundaries and limitations. And so yeah, especially like good. the new phone, like you used to want to upgrade every Every new phone you wanted, you wanted Tech it. Tech is big for me. Yeah. Yes, and so finally, I feel like we broke that habit out of your, out of you, which is I'm very thankful. We have like I think what three iPhones behind, and I love it. Yeah. So can I tell you mine, my strategy? Yes. So this is so stupid, but typically, like if I'm on Amazon or if I'm on TikTok or if I see an ad for something and I look at the price and I'm like, dang, that's a little bit, uh, a little bit expensive. I kind of want that though. I will, I'll just like literally walk away. I will do something else to just distract myself long enough for that temptation to leave. But you used to not do that. You used to no. be such an impulse buyer. Buy now. Add to cart mm-hmm. all day long, baby. Like, I'm not concerned and about it And he literally said, like, Liz, you're a magician. You always make the budget work. And I had to go to him and t- explain to him, I'm like, I really feel abused right now. Like, and, and there is a thing, like, in my money groups, they talk about financial abuse and whatnot. And Tekla was never... Like that, but I'm like, you are putting so much stress on me to figure it out and to work it out, and you keep on spending. And so he started showing up to the budget meetings, and he, like I said, he got angry and walked away a lot. And it took him Mm -hmm. us a long time to get on the same page as these money goals. And like I would tell him my dreams of if I did want to open a bakery one day, like this is what I feel comfortable with. This is how much, because I'm a planner. So I I was like, this is how much it would cost. This is how much I would want to do if we did buy land. And so I showed him the numbers instead of just was like, well, this is what I want to do. We need to do it. I explained why it was important to me. And so really getting on the same page as the budget, if you have um, a spouse or if you share bank accounts, which if you share bank accounts without getting, without being married, you brave. You are so brave. But also if you get married and don't share bank accounts, that is strange to me. Yeah. No. Everyone's got their reasons. They do. And I know some people who make it work great. Yeah. Like they have all, they have all their bills in one account. And so they kind of keep it like categories. So all of their bills go into one account and it's all the money. And then their allowances goes into their separate checking account. Yeah. So it's not like his account, her account, if you will. They just use different debit cards to. to I would monitor. put your name on the bill account and mine on like the free money account, and then I would just be like, "Peace, good luck, sucker." No, yeah. I'm just kidding. No. Oh, cool. Well, we are getting to the end. Um, there will never be a podcast, Liz, where we hit every single segment. We try to. We didn't even get to talk about more of the essential financial practices, but we gave some good stuff. Right. I, I feel think like we added value. The most important is literally being open. If you share a bank account or you share bills, you have to be open with it. You yep. have to take the time to know where your money's going. Like mm-hmm. really monitor your money. That is like if you don't get anything else, because a lot of people just tell you to save money or increase your income. But you really need to monitor your money to be able to manage it well. Exactly. Yeah. So that wraps up our conversation today. Hopefully, Liz, in the future, you can share some more money tips with us and maybe even have some other resources that you help everybody out with that can um, really be a benefit to their financial futures and everything that they do. My flex is I have an MBA. So if you guys need help with your budgets, just let me know. I love sitting down with people but you have to expose your soul aka your budget to me you just have to be honest you have to be honest you have to tell me and so if you don't have a spouse it's still good to have an accountability partner financially so get a friend and be like hey i need help sticking to a budget yeah it's true so i love it 
Thanks for uh, joining us for this conversation today. Listen, if you found this episode helpful, we would really appreciate it if you can share it with your friends and leave us a review. And until next time, keep a good, keen eye on your budget. Look at where you're spending on your uh, subscriptions and don't stress so much. It shouldn't be. Yeah. It shouldn't be like pulling teeth. Right. It's not scary. Exactly. It's only scary because you're not familiar with your budget and you don't have a plan. Yes. But when you have a plan, you can work it. And everything, you got this. Everything is expected, and even the stuff that's not expected, you got a plan for. So it's okay. One step at a time. One step at a time. No, don't sing. We gotta end it now. We're over time. All right. Thank you guys for hanging out. Until next time, we'll see you. Bye.